0: I think one of the exercises I know you've done in PSE, Pat, is that visualize yourself when you're 30, and so then people are getting to the nitty gritty of what they think might make them happy, and it isn't something you can impose on other people, your idea of success, so I guess you just need to think about what is going to make you happy and think about that quite broadly. So it's okay to say, um, you know, prestige and money and lots of people think that that might be important to them and they can have that in there. But once you've kind of got over that hurdle, then what is it that makes you happy? And I think if you get the nitty gritty of that, it probably is, if we were asking our students, their friendships, so then you're thinking, okay, who I collaborate with and who I enjoy being with and then why, the the types of discussions we have or um, the way they make me think or the way I've evolved. So I guess you need to be thinking in a kind of granular level about what it is you feel makes you happy now and what doesn't. And then slowly kind of lay over that this idea of success if this thing makes you happy then that is you know a success that maybe brings you better grades if that's important to you brings you success in class makes the three-way conferences easier Mm -hmm. Um, and then ultimately that can evolve into a career so in the same way when we're thinking about the the engineers that developed the under one dollar malaria diagnosing equipment i've got another story which i don't know if i've told before about one of our students who um he is also an engineer actually and he um, was interested in medicine but decided it wasn't for him and he went to university he's at university now and he is from Ghana, I think, and he went back to Ghana, and he just saw how difficult it was to access uh, medical equipment. And his mother was affected by a medical condition because she couldn't access equipment, and because of the shame associated with being able to um, access the treatment that she needed. And so. Um, he worked with and collaborated with doctors um, at university, medical students, and they came up with a diagnosing device that could be taken out into rural parts of Ghana to help diagnose people like his mother in a, in a shame-free way and a cheap way. Um, so success, he wanted to go to university, he got into a great university for him, that was his initial success. But then when he looked at his country and he thought, right, you know, there's a problem with the health system, I'm not a doctor, I can't help. So, you know, was he a success? But then he looked to his skills um, and, and looked to his um, personal qualities. He was a great collaborator, understood what he didn't know and um, worked with other people in order to um, change, change lives.
1: Hi, my name's Pat. Hi, and my name is Nikki. And, and we, we are, are the UAC
0: C- at C- UWC. Welcome to part two of the Mighty Mites edition. Nikki and Pat are giving us some practical advice when it comes to supporting students as they begin to think about the careers and the options that they may want to pursue in years to come. If you've not already listened to the first uh, episode in this series, you may want to go back and check
1: out episode one first. Enjoy. I think the perfect example is the eye surgeon who visited do you want to talk about him?
0: Yeah. So there's a, an eye surgeon that's a, an alumni, and um, he he spoke to I don't know about thirty of our grade ten students, and he is a doctor in Liverpool in the UK originally from Malaysia and graduated from UWC Dover, um, and he enjoyed biology, enjoyed chemistry, enjoyed the idea of helping people, and so um, trained to be a doctor but before all of that when he was doing his ib he went on his project week and um, it was around 2008 so just after the tsunami and he went to bandarache and he saw um, the terrible humanitarian crisis the aftermath of the tsunami and i'm sure a part as a part of a number of different things that he discussed and witnessed um, in his ib and his time at uwc but this is a thing he points to he realised that whatever he did in his career, he really wanted to maximise the impact that he could have. So a very traditional career, I guess you could say, a doctor. But he decided to pursue, once he'd qualified, the specialism of eye surgery, because he said that if you're a doctor and you're a cardiologist, maybe you can perform one or two operations um, in a day. But if you're an eye surgeon, you could do 20 operations in a day. So there's 20 people that can now see because of what you have done. Um, So he decided that's a specialist he wanted to do because of the maximum impact. And there was another um, UWC alum who is also a doctor. So again, a traditional occupation. We should think of some other examples other than doctors. (laughs) So another UWC alum, he's also a doctor, and he has pursued a really interesting specialism. He is a paediatric radiologist, and he's only one of three in the entire country in the UK. So a very powerful position in terms of potential monetary gain. But because of his, again, his understanding of potential impact, he works for the public health system. There's a children's hospital in London called Great Ormond Street, and he works for Great Ormond Street just because that's where he can have maximum impact. So two very interesting alum that have decided on traditional paths, but figured out how they can have impact and make themselves happy in their careers. You know there's loads of like software things that so the kids like you know do you want to work outside do you like working mm. with people and then they can write one to five no i'd hate that no i'd love that and everything in between so i was doing that with a, a few different classes and i was just popping in and talking to some of the students about that and one kid had um i think it was undertaker so i mean we were laughing about that so like you know what is it you think you put in there that That made this come out that you're going to want to work with people that are you know just passed away and um and interestingly when when we were talking she said that she um is a type of person that can be quite frank and so have quite honest conversations with people she said um you know she so awkwardness wouldn't worry her that she doesn't mind having difficult conversations she doesn't mind um Speaking to people, um, maybe when a situation is perceived to be uncomfortable. So, um, and 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 she likes, but she does like working with people. And I said, well, isn't that interesting? Like that's come out. So. I think the idea of tinkering, one of the problems with this career software stuff that um, the, the kids use and we, you know, we, we um, give them is that they think that there's a magic wand there and that they the careers that come up are the careers mm-hmm. that they should be thinking about. But it isn't like that. It is really about, oh, why did that come out? Oh, actually, I do like using those skills. So maybe it's not that job, but I do like using those skills. So I might think about that in terms of how that might be in my life with people that are alive or people that are dead.
1: I think that at the careers fair, the common theme that came out was, as I said before, the fact that the soft skills, the panelists just kept on emphasizing that soft skills are the things that will provide success for you in the work world rather than the kind of textbook, technological skills that you might pick up, you know, in school. and. The fact that you can communicate with others, you can work with other people, you're flexible, um, you're constantly adapting to different environments and different expectations. Um, that is, so when you talk about dual track, I think that there's this focus on you know the, the skills, the hard skills that you're going to need to remember to do well in a job. But I think the, the underlying theme at the career fair was, you really need to focus on the soft skills.
0: I, I love the idea. One of the other things that I spoke about with the students was um, okay, w- another way then to think about careers are thinking about what are the challenges of the 21st century. And so we have put up a whole list, and they were talking about AI, they were talking about sustainable development, distribution of wealth, water security, climate change was one. Of them. So we decided, decided, right, let's discuss climate change. And then we came up with a whole load of kind of traditional subjects so um, things that they like so psychology geography uh, maths languages dt and then we kind of linked things okay so just say climate change is the issue that you're interested in how can that work then in terms of the things that you know already you like so we were talking about psychology can maybe help you move people's thinking help influence people help inform people design technology we could think about sustainable design, maths you could think about, measuring and reporting and what needs to be done. And then we were talking about, okay, but this could be unusual. There's artists here, there's people that are really creative. Apparently LinkedIn in January, they analyzed the word that was used most in the hundreds of thousands of job adverts and the word creative was the word that was used most in those adverts so they're looking for creativity so the artist in the room and then we looked at art that empowers action for climate change and then we listened to this incredible piece of music that was created and it was music that was a response to the co2 that was um bubbling up and increasing in the atmosphere over the last 300 years and i was really blown away by the response so i've got i don't know 250 grade 10 students sat in front of me and we listen to this piece of music and they are enraptured they you could have heard a pin drop they're just listening in total silence to this this pipping and buzzing as they understand that, oh look at this! It's almost panicky. The noise at the end on this piece of music, and at the end of it, they burst into spontaneous applause. And I thought, right, right there, just shows them the power of music art in changing minds and changing thinking. Um, so any budding musicians and artists in the in the crowd that were thinking, all right, well that's what I really want to do, but is it going to, you know, make a difference? Have any? Is it going to lead to a kind of job? You know, they had this incredible affirmation around them. So I I love that idea that you can think really about not just what you're good at, but maybe what you think is important.
1: One of the main things is, is that many of the careers that our students will occupy haven't been invented yet. And so we want to create students who think differently and adapt and are flexible and are values driven and know their interests so that they can adapt to the changes in technology and society, but also respond to the needs of society and, you know, uh, what the world throws at them.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I remember that when I was at school. I remember when I was at school, I was like, oh, you know, aerobics instructor didn't exist, the teachers would say when we were kids, and I'd be like, oh, aerobics instructor. <laughs> and I was actually showing slides. slide, I'm guilty of this too, I showed the slides to the students of, okay, these are all the new jobs, and one of them was underwater archaeologist, and the kids were like, oh my God, underwater archaeologists, and they didn't know about that. So I think it's not just about the world is changing, the world's always been changing, and it always will be changing, but it's trying to power them not to like think oh it's what is that that game like hammer the Back-a-mole. whack-a-mole whack-a-mole yeah, yeah you're like oh here comes a new job <laughs> i'm ready to go for it and I, but it's just thinking yeah but you are here in the here and now already equipped with these fantastic skills understanding knowledge Opportunities. Look at all the opportunities our, our students are lucky enough to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, everyone in every school and every part of the world can sit there and think, well, actually, I really do like thinking about these type of ideas, or, or I do know what is kind of important to me in the world. That I've not figured out how I'm gonna, how I might address it. Using my word, might. We're all, we've all got that. So. I think it's about trying to make sure students are empowered to just look at themselves like that and not see, uh, I don't know, the careers tools as the only solution, a teacher standing up in front of them as the as the guiding light, mm-hmm. but it's coming from within people. Thank you.